everybody, it's Dave, and we're back again for another top five by position, courtesy of Climbing the Pocket, Tyler Fornis, one of Climbing the Pocket Network's draft experts. We've gone through every position, and we only have two left. Let's bring in Tyler and find out which position today's show is about. Hey there, Tyler. How you doing? Dave, it's a fantastic evening, and I am ready to talk about our position today, the linebackers. Ooh, I like linebackers. They're uh, good people that love to fill the hole, the open holes that the linemen don't take up, and they're absolutely necessary. Let's start with... Who have you got at number five? My number five linebacker actually tied with my number four, but on tiebreakers, he lost out, and it's Ohio State's Baron Browning. Now, Baron Browning's an interesting case because he's kind of played all over the Ohio State defense over the course of his career and never really found a true starting role. Well, this past year, he he was one of four really good linebackers at Ohio State, and he really stood out to me with his versatility. He could do drop into zone really comfortably. He can fill gaps in the running game. He can even rush off the edge. I think as your far as you're projecting him to the next level, you'd want to put him in an Anthony Barr type of role, or you'd want to have him as kind of like a three, four outside linebacker, where he you're gonna be able to to be creative with him and do different things. Because Baron Browning has a lot of length, he's got burst and quickness. He's got untapped athleticism because I think his technique still has a little bit of work to do. But with the length and the size and the speed, I think there's a lot of potential for him. I know the Draft Network guys are incredibly high in Baron Browning. They have him, I think, 19 on their consensus big board. I don't have him quite that high. I have him as a solid second-round grade. But I can see why there's a lot of love for Baron Browning. He's a really good football player that has a lot of potential moving forward. And, of course, he's from Ohio State, which would make friend of the show, Ted Glover, extremely happy. Oh, absolutely. And Ted's going to really love my number four as well, Dave. All right. Speaking of number four, who have you got for number four? It's Ohio State's Pete Werner. Now, Werner is a little bit different than Browning. They're built similar in size. Uh, Werner also has excellent length. Werner also has super oily hips where he can just uh, flip and go really easily. But one thing that really intrigued me about Werner is he was incredibly technically sound. I think his ceiling's lower than Baron Browning's, but his floor is a lot higher. Like uh, Pete Werner is just a technically sound football player right now. He can drop into zone really comfortably. He's aggressive blitzing. He can shake off running back blocks pretty easily. As far as disengaging from offensive linemen, I think he needs some work there and he needs to build up that upper body strength. But with his athleticism, his lateral quickness, and his uh, football IQ, I think he can be a really successful linebacker in the NFL. I have a second-round grade on him, but I would hesitate taking him in the second round just because I think the lack of upside is just a cause for concern. I think he's going to be a guy that gets drafted in round three And you're going to talk about a guy who's going to hang around in the league for 10 to 15 years. And he's just going to be a really good football player wherever he goes. But he's never going to be like that alpha, 
that really, really good player that you count on on your defense. He's going to be a contributing factor, but he's never going to be the guy. And I think that kind of limits him uh, moving forward in the NFL. And he's my linebacker four, uh, but yeah, he's just a really solid football player. And whoever gets him is going to be able to reap the benefits from that, especially on that rookie contract where a solid linebacker paying about a million bucks a year to is a valuable asset instead of paying him three or four. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Who do you have at number three? At number three, I have Tulsa's Zaven Collins. Now, when I first heard about Collins, he had a fantastic game against Oklahoma State. And when I watched the film, he lived up to it. He was able to fill the gaps. Uh, he was able to uh, rush around the outside. He was able to uh, hold in coverage, run with tight ends and slots. I don't know what he's necessarily going to be on the next level. I have him personally comp to Anthony Barr. I think size, speed, athleticism, the profiles are very similar. The play styles are almost identical. He's a great blitzer. He can hang in coverage. He can do all the little things that we see from Anthony Barr all the time. They're unheralded, but at the same time, they're incredibly important. Now, one thing that's interesting is Zayvon Collins from his pro day to the medical combine gained 11 pounds is now sitting over 270 at six foot four. That doesn't necessarily scream linebacker. It kind of screams like there's going to be a transition to edge happening. And we all know when Anthony Barr came out, he was playing mostly edge. The Vikings wanted him to play outside linebacker. And that transition went really well. Now, Zayvon Collins kind of with a similar profile. If you want to put him at edge, I can understand that. But as far I'm just really confused on what his fit is truly going to be in the NFL. And I have him as my linebacker three. Well, if you don't know whether he's an edge or a linebacker, could that depend on what team and what scheme they play that drafts them? If they play a 4-3, they might move him to edge or ask him like Anthony Barr to lose weight a little bit and stay trimmer. Or if they play a 3-4, just put him on the outside as that quasi-defensive end slash linebacker that has the responsibility for the flat during pass and anything up front during the run. I think you're right, Dave. It's really going to depend on who drafts him and what they ask him to do. I think he can do a lot of different things. But to me, the massive weight gain between the pro day and the medical combine tells me the teams are telling him he's going to be an edge in the NFL, which is why the bulk up. And I think he can be successful there, but I think he would thrive the best in the Anthony Barr role. Gotcha. Well, that leads us to number two. Who have you got at number two? So my number two, my number one tied, and I was struggling about who to rank higher. And I came to the conclusion that Micah Parsons was my linebacker too. And I love what Micah Parsons brings to a football team. He's incredibly quick. He's able to fill gaps really well. He can bend around the edge. He can run with uh, receivers and coverage. He's probably going to be best as a middle linebacker, a little more of like an athletic style rather than a thumper. And I think he can be really, really successful doing a lot of multiple things. You think of what uh, Chicago asks Roquan Smith to do, where he's doing and covering all kinds of assignments, 
I think that would be Micah Parsons' ideal role. And somehow, if the Broncos don't draft a quarterback, he would be incredible, absolutely incredible in Vic Fangio's defense with his 4-3-6 speed, running sideline to sideline, being able to shoot gaps, and being able to uh, really make up for the little things that are lost uh, when you have guys like Bradley Chubb and Von Miller who are going to really bend around the edge and not really set the edge as much for the running game. I think he'll be able to fill in some of those gaps. And Micah Parsons is a great football player. Now, one thing you do have to do with Parsons is you have to flesh out the red flags. There are some maturity concerns. There, It was hazing accusations, which are really, really bad uh, when he was at Penn State. It did not affect the year Gross Matos, who was also accused. Uh, last year, where Gross Matos was taken early in round two by the Carolina Panthers at 39. And I think if they didn't affect Gross Matos, Parsons was on the lesser end of that, even though it was all really serious. I don't think it's going to affect Parsons draft stock much. But with the maturity concerns as well, NFL teams are going to have to really vet it out and make sure that they are 100% comfortable bringing him into their organization. I think Parsons is a fantastic player, and he would make a great asset on field to any team in the National Football League, but you have to make sure you're comfortable everywhere, and that's why he ended up as my linebacker, too. Okay. With that, who does that leave as your linebacker number one? That would be Notre Dame's Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. J-O-K for short is just a special kind of player. Yeah, we saw a few years back when Arizona took uh, Buda Baker and, and then Deion Buchanan even earlier on than that. Uh, hybrids have become more and more of a thing, and JOK is a fantastic hybrid player. He's going to play an outside linebacker, slot, overhang type of guy, and he's going to be able to do all those assignments extremely well. He is incredibly quick and fast, and he's going to be able to – Once he reads it and reacts, it's over. He's able to fire out of a cannon, and that's the kind of quickness he possesses. He has good ball skills. He's able to carry receivers down the field, and he's an an incredible blitzer. You're going to be able to do so many multiple things with him, and depending on what package, you can use him in a variety of different ways. I uh, hypothesize that if Zimmer ended up getting his hands on him, the things he could do with Kendricks, Barr, and Harrison Smith, oh, my goodness. You're talking about a lot of fun, and you're able to show multiple kinds of looks because you have guys that can play multiple roles, and then they can bail out. Maybe Koromoa is in the A-gap right before the snap, and he bails out and covers the slot. Like There's so many things you can do with him, and I think he would be fantastic with Washington at the next level because of what Washington needs. They need kind of that outside linebacker. So, like box safety and Ousu Koromo would be fantastic there, but he is a special player and he is my number one linebacker for that reason. Do you see now that we've gone through the linebackers, knowing that Anthony Barr reduced his contract to just this year, do you see the Vikings taking any of and besides the contract? only that we've got Barn Kendricks and then our basically other linebacker that plays 20% of the snaps, our number three linebacker, isn't established. Do you see the Vikings taking or the possibility of taking 
a linebacker, not necessarily on day one, but it's possible, but at least day two, maybe three? Where do you see him taking one? I think if a guy falls that they're going to want to take one. If Jabril Cox is there at the end of day two, early day three, I think he's a guy that they could target. Uh, if Jamin Davis ends up somehow making it to round three with his freak athleticism, I think that's a guy as well. They're going to take one at some point in the draft, especially because Barr is a big question mark. If they are super high in the Wusukoromoa and they end up trading down in the mid-20s, you have Quiddy Pan, Jalen Phillips both gone. This tackle class and edge class even is pretty deep. You can take Wusukoromoa there. He can be your safety linebacker, and then you take your edge and your offensive lineman on day two. I think it, it's a possibility, but I wouldn't expect it. Gotcha. Well, that wraps up today's top five. We've talked about linebackers. Everybody needs them, and you want good ones. With that, come back to us tomorrow for the final position breakdown. Till then, stay healthy. Stay safe. Let's go, Vikings!